I'm Elena Becker, and this is PS, the Puget Sound podcast, where we're talking with members of our community about their Puget Sound experiences. Today, we're recording from Moonyard Studio in Tacoma, Washington, and our guest is Rachel Sheldon, an alum in the class of 2012, a Master's of Arts in Teaching alum in the class of 2013, and currently the Assistant Director of the Center for Writing, Learning, and Teaching here on campus. Rachel, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just great. Thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to talk to you as a fellow alumna. I know. It's always so fun because it's such a, it's, I mean, unique is a weird word because there's 40,000 of us, but it is such a unique experience to have been a student and then to also to work at the university. I think it's just, it's fun to talk to people who have had that same experience. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That's been one of my favorite parts about returning back to the university is there is sort of a little club of us (laughs) that have decided that for whatever reason we want to come home. So I enjoy that. Well, and maybe let's just start with you describing that trajectory a little bit. So you graduated in 2012 as an undergraduate. Yes. Then you did a master's degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I uh, graduated with a degree in comparative politics, Mm -hmm. and I also got an interdisciplinary emphasis in Asian studies. Mm -hmm. But then I decided uh, really at the very, very end of my college career that I would want to explore teaching a little bit more, which was not necessarily something that I knew that I wanted to do when I arrived at Puget Sound. So I thought that um, since we had a really, really great teaching program just on campus. It was a year long. Um, I had met some of the professors there and they were really, uh, I think, thoughtful and encouraging and they were great teachers. I thought I would take advantage of that. And I did a one-year master's in teaching program where I got uh, certified in social studies and English uh, and then managed to find my way back to the university even after that (laughs) where I work now in the writing center. And well... So let's maybe back up a little bit and talk about those two things. I know I mm-hmm. asked about them both, but in two parts. So you had a vibrant, kaleidoscopic undergraduate career yeah. with just the volume of stuff that you were mm-hmm. involved in on campus. Do you want to just rattle off some of the bullet sure. points? Yeah. So when I came to Puget Sound, one of the first things that I got involved in is the honors program. Mm-hmm. So I just always, in my educational experiences and even now in my work experiences, I always look for kind of cohorts. I look for kind of small communities where you can meet people and, I don't know, dig a little bit deeper. That was one reason in general I was attracted to Puget Sound. It's a small school where you have the opportunity to make great connections. But then the honors program was even just the smaller little community um, for my first year where I could really – live with the same people that I was taking classes with and have conversations over dinner in our dorm room about what we had talked about in our first year seminar, all that kind of thing. So I started out doing that. um, And then I also got involved in music. I sung for two years in Dorian's, which Mm -hmm. is a women's ensemble here on campus. And then uh, I sung in Adelphian's, which is the mixed ensemble, the concert ensemble, which I loved. Did you travel with Adelphian's? I did get a chance to do uh, some local tours. Unfortunately, they only do uh, bigger international types of tours every once in a while. And I did not happen to go on one of those trips, but we did do some local traveling, which I really loved. Choir trips are the most fun. Sing on the bus. (laughs) You're singing. (laughs) Do you really? Yeah. And then I got involved in Greek life. So I was in Kappa Alpha Theta Mm -hmm. and um, 
even within that did Panhellenic, which is the inter-sorority government body where I was a director of recruitment. And I really loved that. I loved that my my Greek experience was um, not just about my house, but was about kind of the common shared values and service that in general. And I think that that is actually... So I get asked about Greek life a lot in my yeah. job. A lot of prospective students and families, either that's something that they already know will be important to them or often it's something that they're a little edgy about. Sure. Right? Yeah. I don't really know if I want I think I it comes with a lot of cultural baggage, yeah. especially you see um, these movies, which maybe for some people presents Greek life as, as something attractive they right. want to do. But for me, did not. <laughs> yeah. So I actually did not know that I wanted to do that when I arrived here either. Right. But my RA and the honors program was in a sorority mm-hmm. and I think was such a great example of what that can be at its best. Yeah. Where it involves just really strong relationships with um, other women that can support you and encourage you um, where, again, it's another small community of people that are actually chosen for you in a way. I've always found value in those experiences where um, you are kind of put in a situation with people and you learn what is lovable about them. I love that kind of opportunity because everybody has something about them that's exciting, that's interesting, that's lovable. And I love kind of figuring out what what those are mm. in building relationships. So I enjoyed that about my yeah. my Greek experience. And again, I liked that about Panhellenic because I got the opportunity to do that with other people in other houses. Well, and that's actually one of the things that made me think about some of the conversations that I've had that I do think is unusual about the Greek community at Puget Sound is that there is this real collaboration even amongst the houses. Oh, sure. And between the Greek community and folks that are not in fraternities or sororities, that there is a really a lot of collaboration at every level. Yeah. And I think, again, that's something that's distinctive about our, our campus is that you can really do a lot of different things and explore many different interests at a high level. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes at larger places, um, you kind of find a group and that group becomes your your niche yeah. and you travel with them your whole four years. And that's not a bad experience, but I really loved that Puget Sound let me explore multiple interests, um, that I could do music at a pretty high level right. without being a music major, that I could be in a Greek house, but that I could also be part of other clubs, um, that I could have really strong friendships there, but they didn't have to be my only friendships. Um, And I had a lot of friendships with people who weren't in a Greek house That's one of the things I still think about, actually, is such a just like remarkable hallmark of my experience is how many of my friends were people I should not have been friends with by any logical calculation, right? Like I didn't have any classes with you. We weren't Mm -hmm. all that similar. I don't even see you around campus that much. Like, where do you come from, right? Yeah. Well, and again, that's a great thing about a liberal arts experience is it yeah. forces you to take classes outside of maybe your your main interest. Right. And you get to see um, other people in their element, which is really inspiring. So you might be taking a class that feels a little bit strange to you, that's a little bit more challenging, that maybe wasn't on a topic that you were immediately interested in. But then you're in that same class with people where that's what they want to do with right. their lives. And you kind of catch their enthusiasm for it. I and actually, you meet friends you wouldn't have met. Yeah, I have a perfect example of that. I still remember this class blowing my mind. I have said this on the podcast before, but I was a sociology and anthropology major. I had no business taking the 300-level biology class I took at the end of my sophomore year. It was a conservation class. And it was through the liaise program, so it traveled to Malaysian Borneo at the end of the semester. And Peter Wimberger, who taught the class, had been very intentional. Yep, you're smiling. Nine, yep, I know had, him. Had been very intentional, and he wanted half the class to be social science people and half the class to be natural science people. Mm. 
And even two or three years in our undergraduate degrees, the different ways that folks from those two groups thought about the same material was astonishing, right? If you asked a SOAN major or an IPE, an international political economy major, what they thought of fortress conservation, so where you sort of put a fence up around a natural area and say nobody can come in, those people were like, this is not, that's not going to work, right? People are going to sneak in. They're going to poach prey out of the forest. People are going to use that land. You're going to impoverish a whole group of people. You're going to do violent, right? No. Hmm. Many of the biology people, their first reaction to that, and obviously we discussed and compromised as you do, um, but their first reaction to that was that sounds great, right? It'd be great if nobody touched those trees, right? Or if nobody touched those animals, if we just could leave this ecosystem alone, that is what we need. And it was fascinating to me to have the opportunity to be in that space where we had to come together on that and where you got to have these conversations with somebody whose gut reaction to that was so distinct already Mm. just sort of based on their academic interests yeah i love that because that's a great that is a great example because it shows not just different kinds of knowledge or different kinds of experiences but different sets of values Mm -hmm. and i think that is something that again when you're forced to work with people who um, are shaped by different academic majors or different college experiences different experiences before they come to puget sound you really have much deeper conversation because of that clash of values, you really have to look at your own and come to some sort of compromise. Did you find that that was the case for you at all on PACRIM? You did the Pacific Rim program. Yes, yes. That was, I think, um, just an absolutely magical culminating experience Mm -hmm. at uh, Puget Sound. Um, So the Pacific Rim program is a year-long study abroad program that takes a group of 25 to I don't know if they've ever really done 30, but let's say up to 30 (laughs) uh, students uh, on a trip together throughout Asia. And um, they're all from different majors. They're all uh, different ages. So the trip leaves only every three years. And so it'll be an assortment of sophomores, juniors, seniors, um, and actually some fifth-year seniors. Some people stick around to really participate in the program because it's so unique. And you visit over the course of the year nine different countries and spend about a month in each country. And you take um, eight different academic classes over the course of the year and uh, do an independent research project in your discipline that kind of provides a link of continuity throughout the year. And we should say, too, when you take those eight academic courses, that means you're getting all the same credit you would if you'd spent the year taking classes here on campus. And I think that's another really interesting part of PACRIM is that it's taught for the most part by Puget Sound professors. So a Puget Sound professor is your trip leader and spends the year with you um, or spends a semester, um, the fall semester, and then maybe someone else will come for the spring semester. But there's kind of that continuity over the year with a faculty member that you develop a really close bond with. And then other faculty will visit for a year to teach a class on site in an area of interest. Or sorry, um, for for a month, for one of the months of. And they'll come and... uh, teach in their in their area of interest and um we went to south korea and china and malaysia and vietnam thailand cambodia india mongolia and and every place we got to learn something totally different in mongolia we took a class on tibetan buddhism uh which Buddhism in Mongolia is very influenced by uh, Tibet. Um, I didn't know that, but when you say it, it makes sense. 
And we had the opportunity to uh, actually stay at a monastery in Ulaanbaatar with an abbot who was a very close personal friend of our uh, trip director, um, my faculty director, Elizabeth Bernard, um, uh, had been doing the trip for 20 years and so had mm. made all these connections over over the whole region. And her husband, Nima, is actually um, an exiled Tibetan monk that she met in uh, uh, New York when they were in graduate school. Uh, he is not a monk any longer because sure. he's married. But uh, <laughs> So he grew up actually in Tibet and made the exodus with the Dalai Lama and was wow. good friends with him. And so they have all these connections to the Tibetan community. Sure. Uh, so we got to have this really amazing experience with their friends in Mongolia. We did uh, trips out to the Gobi Desert to stay in uh, the Abbot's Retreat Center. And <laughs> we got to go to um, a, a rodeo that they put on <laughs> where we got to see them uh, display the three manly arts of wrestling, horse racing, and archery. Uh, it was it was very fun. We got to uh, drink fermented mare's milk in a gare, and everyone got incredibly ill because, you know, you pass around the communal bowl right. of— You're all drinking out of the same thing. Uh, and you're drinking fermented mare's milk, yeah. right, which is uh, not easy on the stomach when it's your first uh, country and you're, you're not yet used to all the new things that right. you will be eating. <laughs> Um, but then we got to go to Malaysia with Peter Wimberger. Yeah. And there took a totally different type of class. This was a con- conservation biology class, I think right. pretty similar to what probably. you got to do. Yeah. And we've probably with... been to some of the same national parks. Yeah. Did you go to um, Matang? Mm-hmm. We right, sure yeah. did for the mm-hmm. proboscis monkeys. Yep. Yep. Um, one of my favorite uh, souvenirs from that trip still is a proboscis monkey tourist T-shirt that I bought there uh, <laughs> that uh, is, a, is a favorite with my friends. Mm. Uh, but that park also, just as an aside, that was the first place we had gone outside of Kuching, outside of the city yeah. on that trip. So that was the first place we really saw any wildlife at all. And I have this very clear memory still of right when you got off the boat, there were all these macaques, all these yeah. monkeys. Oh, that my gosh. Are, they're all over the place. And they're obnoxious. They're right? jerks. They're, they're, they are jerks. Yeah. Yeah. They don't like you. And eventually you don't like them. And they're tricky little They steal stuff. Things, yeah, yeah. It's really. Uh, I have a memory of a mama... Uh, macaque bringing a little baby, yeah, um, like very close to us, sort of meekly showing her little baby, trying to get people to yeah. pay attention to her sweet baby that she's rocking, and on, all of a sudden she jumps out and grabs my friend's backpack just like right off her back. So, yeah, they're they're smart, yeah, and they're bold, yeah, yeah. So, but I just have that memory so clearly of that place of these macaques, and of course that's like thrilling, yeah. Right, we're here, we're seeing it, we're getting to experience the stuff we spent a semester learning about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was really special to be able to. Uh, meet people in each of these countries who were affected by the things that we were studying to learn from them, to learn from the places, and to learn from faculty about right. the things that they are passionate about in the in the place, really, where they would mm-hmm. do their own research over the summers and over breaks. Hi, I'm Tori Hansen, Assistant Director of Admission at Puget Sound, working with students in the Mid-Atlantic and in the San Francisco Bay Area, as well as all of our transfer students. If you like what you hear on this podcast, you can learn even more about Puget Sound by coming to campus. Schedule your visit at pugetsound.edu visit. We'd love to host you. Maybe one other just example of the breadth of things oh, that we got please. to do. Yeah. Absolutely. So in um, 
China, we took a Chinese philosophy course. Yeah. And that was very interesting. Um, for me, I did a lot of my research in college um, on Chinese politics. I was really interested in student movements mm. and uh, kind of grassroots uh, movements. In particular, China has a really interesting um, kind of nationalist online young movement um, that is in part uh, in, in part um, encouraged by the government for some de- to some degree, but also has quickly kind of grown out of control in some ways. And so it was really interesting to be there and actually staying on a college campus with undergraduates and talking with them uh, about their beliefs, about their country, and about um, their uh what they thought about the rest of the world, what they thought about the United States, and and to then to be taking this philosophy class and think about how are these modern movements influenced by traditional knowledge. Um, it, it was really fascinating for me as someone who had done a lot of library research on those types right. of topics to actually get to go and then to talk with people um, in the area that I was interested in. And that's what I did my my independent study project on when I was there. I talked about Confucianism and the and the role of Confucianism on the nationalist movement in China. Oh, that's so yeah. interesting. That's so interesting. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, I think that too is one of the most amazing parts of having sort of a whole education, right? Mm-hmm. Doing a liberal arts education, which is so much more than going to class, is that moment where you're standing somewhere. I have I can picture places where I felt this happen mm-hmm. for me. And you're, you think like, oh, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I see it. I, I understand. I can apply. I can put this somewhere mm-hmm. in the world, all this stuff I've been learning about. And you learn so much studying abroad as well just about yourself and mm-hmm. how to be a human being and how yeah. to be a, a grown-up. Uh, yeah. I think that was yes. one of the surprising things for our troop, uh, our trip is how many of uh, the lessons – were just um, kind of about the group and how do you yeah. um, live with people twenty four hours a day? That is one of seven the days a week and travel things. with them. Mm-hmm. How do you um, resolve conflict as it happens? Because when you travel with people that long, there will be conflict. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I that's been a through line of my I think education is finding spaces where you're in this kind of small community and you learn to live well in right. community together and to make choices that uh, put other people before you and make choices to build bridges rather than when there's conflict. Right. Um, Just wash your hands of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that was also a really amazing part of my study abroad experience and is pr- probably true on most uh, most trips. I think everybody should study abroad if you have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. It's, uh, I think, a great way to kind of crystallize a lot of your on-campus learning in in all kinds of ways. Yeah, that's very true. And you did that what year of your time at Puget Sound? Yeah, so I did that my senior year. Your senior year. Um, so you come back and graduate. Yes, and that was uh, kind of a, a decision-making moment. On one hand, uh, if I had maybe not been a senior, I might have stayed through the summer and done a little bit more solo traveling. Right. I got an opportunity to do some of that, but... Ultimately, I decided that my mom, it would break her heart if I didn't come back in. And walk. I walked during graduation. So I did that for her, and she's so thankful. (laughs) Yeah. And But you know by that time already that you're going to get your master's. Yeah. So that was really the year that I decided it, and it was on – it was on the trip. So two of our trip leaders – 
um, were teachers. Mm. So they were not professors from the university, but they right. were um, PACRIM alums from, I think, the trip of maybe 2007, 2008, yeah. um, Lisa Long and Alicia Smith. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, maybe in their early 30s at the time. And so we're just a little bit beyond the road that we were as students. But definitely we looked up to them as just these amazing adults that were adventurous and fun and had done a lot of things. And uh, they had both gotten teaching degrees and had talked about how flexible that allowed them to look at opportunities Mm -hmm. that they learned just a lot of facilitation skills. Um, They learned a lot about um, how to think critically about information and present it. And and I thought, well, that's really something that I like to do. And kind of rewinding. So before my junior year, before I left on the PACRAM trip, I had gotten a job in the Center for Writing, Learning, and Teaching as a writing advisor, Mm -hmm. the CWLT. And I had loved that work as well. Sure. Um, I wanted the job initially because I just enjoyed writing. Writing is something that I've always loved to do from the little uh, terrible novels I would write when I was in (laughs) second grade, uh, working on my novel already, uh, to writing papers in college. I loved um, the opportunity writing gave me to kind of solidify my thoughts and really decide where I stood on an issue. And so I was interested in being a writing advisor for that reason. But then was surprised by how much I loved just the interaction of tutoring. Um, I think I had maybe expected that I would share all of my passion and love and knowledge of writing with my <laughs> with my two T's. But I ended up learning so much more about writing from them and also about the things that they were learning about, the things that they were studying. Um, and just really started to enjoy the dynamic of someone walks in maybe flustered or stressed after a long day of classes and they had a soccer practice and then in two hours they have, you know, band practice or whatever. And taking that time to just pause, slow down, make a connection, find out what they're interested in and what makes them tick and then help them find their voice about something. And I did that much more than I shared any special knowledge or expertise about writing. So I think that inter- the writing center let me find out how much I valued interpersonal relationships, which maybe sounds silly um, in retrospect because I always was interested in community and groups. It's pretty friendly. But I didn't realize that that was something that you could do for your job Right, is um, do helping work, you know, do yeah. people work. And so uh, Packram seeing these young teachers work with our group and all of the things they helped us to do, even though they weren't there really in our in a teaching role, right. um, made me think, okay, that is something that I love doing and maybe I should explore this a little bit more. So I ended up applying for the Packram program or uh, the MAT program. <laughs> Sorry, too many, too many programs here at Puget Sound. <laughs> so I did that, that MAT program and just got blown away by how much I loved it. Um, yeah. I think even when I started it, I was thinking about it more as an exploratory year. Sure. Um, I had a vague idea um, at the end of PACRIM that I wanted to go on and get a PhD in Chinese politics. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, if I become a professor and uh, I will also want to be a good teacher, so this is something that will help me do sure. that. Uh, but I then did the program and realized that even though I love learning and even though I'm really curious about a lot of things, the thing that I 
that most kind of lights me up and makes me feel like I am doing what I'm meant to do is when I get to connect with people and build relationships Mm -hmm. and find out what makes them excited and do more of that. So kind of a a little bit of a circuitous route. I did not always grow up knowing I wanted to be a teacher, but ended up loving that. And then just as I was getting ready to graduate from the MAT program, um, a position opened up in the CWLT for a staff member. So um, I had worked there as a graduate student as well. Um, I think while I was abroad on the PAC room program, uh, the director had changed. And so I had actually not known the new professor who Mm. was going to be directing the writing center. And I sent her an email from abroad saying, hi, you don't know me, but here's why I think you should you should hire me as a graduate student. And she was very gracious and let me work there part time. And um, then when this position opened, she approached me and suggested I apply because Mm. it would let me do a lot of the things that I enjoy about teaching but even more relationship focused because right. in uh, in the CWT all of these appointments are one on one and so training tutors to to have those appointments and working one on one with tutors as a mentor and working with students as they come to college and helping them find their place and feel confident and successful here just checked all the boxes for what I wanted to do next so I applied got the job and. I've been at the CWLT as a staff member ever since. And I actually get a lot of questions about the CWLT. This is another one of the big things that people want to know about um, when they're considering whether or not to come to Puget Sound. And so I wonder if we can just talk for a little bit about what folks can expect from the CWLT. I think a lot of people that ask me about it are really asking about if I'm totally lost in my calculus class, who can help me? Sure. But it is more than that. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it is a bit of a mouthful of a name, but essentially what we are <laughs> is a campus tutoring center, or what I prefer even to say is a place for peer-to-peer learning. Right. A lot of the learning that you do in college is not you know, between you and your professor, but actually in your community of peers, the people that you're taking classes with, your friends, um, over the dinner table as you talk about the things that you're learning in class. So the CWT is a place where you can go for more of that. And we have um, about 45 students who work for us in the center. They're lovely. Uh, Not only are they really passionate about the subjects that they study, They love working with people. They just are so excited to um, make new connections and um, find out what other people are learning. And we have some folks that specialize more in writing. We call them writing advisors. So they can meet with students to talk about papers that they're working on, whether that's brainstorming um, some ideas for an assignment. I always found that I did a much better job of working on a paper if I had a chance to process out verbally with someone what I thought. And so it, it cut down on the time I was looking at a blank uh, <laughs> Word document with a blinking cursor, you know, taunting you. Um, so uh, they can do that. And they can also help provide feedback on a paper that you're working on. Again, writing isn't something that you just do into the void. You always write to an audience, whether that's your professor or to a congressperson or to your boss in your new job over email. You always have to think about who your audience is if you want to be an effective communicator. And so it would make sense that to do that well, you would want to see what an actual person thinks of your writing. Um, 
Uh, and it doesn't mean that you're uh, a bad writer to yeah. get someone to look at your paper to do that. It right. actually means you want to do a good job. Uh, and then also they can help with just uh, even thinking about new genres of writing. If you've never written a paper for a biology class before, you've mm-hmm. never written a lab report, they can help you think about what that looks like as opposed to an essay for your English class. And then we have subject tutors across the discipline. So we have that tutor that can help you with your calculus class. Or we have an economics tutor that can talk with you about supply and demand curves Mm -hmm. or a Chinese tutor who can practice tones as you're learning a new language with you. Uh, And they can help you also learn how to study for new disciplines. It looks pretty different to study for that Chinese class than it would to study for math. And then we have academic consultants. And these are a group of tutors that are just meant to be there to have conversations about what it's like to be a college student. Right. There's a lot of changes when you come to college in terms of just what your schedule looks like, the demands on your time. You have to now suddenly make time to do all kinds of adult things that you maybe haven't had to do for yourself before or had to do at the same level away from home and away from support. Right. So you can come in and meet with those tutors about um, – time management and organization, or they can help you uh, learn how to new use new apps that might help you uh, organize yourself or st- organize your email inbox, even right. that kind of thing. Right. Little things that you don't think about might be a challenge for you when you come to college, but that a peer has learned really not so long ago themselves and might have some ideas for you. And just one free tip is that however you do it, you need to check your email. Yes, no, <laughs> that, that, that is, is a true. learning opportunity, oh but you need to check your email. Oh, you do need to check your email. And pro tip right here, uh, file your email folders so you don't see 3,000 <laughs> messages in your inbox and get overwhelmed and just exit out of there as fast as you can. Yep, that is an excellent tip. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really important and is implied in what you're saying um, is that all of these resources are available to students at Puget Sound all the time, but you have to raise your hand and say that you want them. Yeah. And I think that part of really responsibility for yourself is a big part of learning how to be an adult, learning how to lean into being a college student. Mm -hmm. And I actually think is empowering, right, to to understand how to say, okay, I think I need help with this, or I think I could use a peer just to bounce this idea off of. And it, funnily enough, I also think that is one of the things that makes people that are thinking about going to college or oftentimes parents that are thinking about sending their kid to college blanch the most, mm. right, is is that there is a component of responsibility for getting to those resources. Sure. But to me, that feels celebratory, right? That's an opportunity for you, as you've been saying, Rachel, to be a partner in this. Yeah. And I think uh, the fact that it's this place where you opt in is also something that is encouraging to students who may look at um, the word tutoring and feel kind of some trepidation. Right. Oh, is it remedial? It means I can't do it. Yeah. No, it's a um, it's a community of people who take their learning seriously. So yeah. opt in, come by, and join us in that work. I think um, uh, the expectation with college is, yes, it's more responsibility, and you kind of have to ask for that, but it also um, is expected that you will need help, right? right? Um, if you could learn everything you needed to learn by yourself in a room. <laughs> you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be here, right? You wouldn't yeah. have chosen to come to college maybe at all because there's all kinds of ways that you can learn independently on your own on the internet, right? right. You're you, If you're choosing to go to any college, but particularly Puget Sound, which is small, communal, um, really interactive, um, you're saying that I learn better when I 
talk with people when mm-hmm. I'm in community. And so there's no, not any type of um, stigma, I think, on our campus attached with going to talk to someone in the CWT for uh, – second thoughts on your paper or going into a professor's office hour and chatting with them after class or um, meeting with your roommate to study, you know, those kinds of things are actually expected that you would do and are part of what we imagine that you will do to be successful here. Rachel, we conclude all of our conversations by asking everybody the same four questions. Okay. Question number one is, what do you think is the best place on campus? Well, I have to say the CWL. You sure do. <laughs> I really do. Um, and I would not I would not still be there if I didn't really yeah. think that's the case. I just love um, love our space. It's a beautiful space. Um, with uh, It's one in, in Howarth Hall, one of the older buildings on campus, right around Jones Circle. It's one of the three original buildings, I think, right? It is. And we have a beautiful... Um, location at the end of the hall on the first floor where we have windows on all sides of our space going up to our very tall ceilings that show you a great view of campus, lots of good places to study, filled with people who are excited to learn. Um, We're open late until 9 p.m. most nights too, so you can even stop by and use our space in a cozy study nook Mm -hmm. after hours. Um, And I really uh, just enjoy being there, the energy uh, even as a staff member of being around students who are always learning and trying to get better is really fun. What are you reading right now? Um, I am currently reading a book by Neil Gaiman, American Gods. Have you read it? You're I have it? not. Okay. I know Neil Gaiman, but I haven't read I this. I love Neil Gaiman. I love um, like fantasy and science fiction. There's something about it uh, because I'm interested in, in lots of, I don't know, real world, hard-boiled things as well <laughs> that I love a little bit of escapism. Mm-hmm. And it's a great book about um, what if when... Uh, every people group came to America, they brought their gods with them. And these hmm. gods are walking around and become forgotten as we develop this new, different kind of culture together in this American melting pot. So it's a really interesting book. I recommend it. What is the best place to eat in Tacoma? So I thought about this. And am I allowed to say a place just outside of Tacoma in our nearby Lakewood? Yeah, that counts. Okay, I think yeah, that counts. That's I think, reasonable. I think it's reasonable. And, yeah. I, and I pick it because, <laughs> uh, you know, coming back from Asia, coming back from Pakram, I love um, still traveling with my, with my food experiences. So Paldo World in Lakewood is amazing. They have this huge uh, grocery store. It's a Korean grocery store with all kinds of amazing fresh produce. And, you know, you can stick your hand in a tank and get an eel if you want. Um, But then they also have just great snacks uh, and a food court where you can get sushi, dumplings. My favorite uh, food of all time are are dumplings. I love trying every uh, country's version of the dumpling, just carbohydrates wrapped around protein. (laughs) It's my favorite. And lastly, Rachel, as an alum and as a staff member, what is it that makes Puget Sound special? I think, as I've sort of been, I don't know, alluding to, this opportunity to really develop your whole self. Um, We're complicated and we have a lot of interests and we have a lot of different kinds of passions or ways of showing up in different spaces. And I think Puget Sound doesn't make you prioritize one of those necessarily or pick one at the expense of another. You can... Um, learn and get a great education uh, across a variety of different disciplines and really see the connections there among your interests. You can have this really rich extracurricular life where you can explore uh, different passions. Uh, You can study abroad. You can um, work. You can have all these 
different kinds of experiences that ultimately graduate you into this person that I think really knows who you are in a way that if you hadn't had the opportunity to explore, you you maybe wouldn't. So I have appreciated that very much about Puget Sound as a student, as an alumna, and as a staff member. I love watching what amazing people our students become because of that opportunity they have to explore. Rachel Sheldon, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you to our guest and to you, the listener. You can follow Puget Sound on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at UNIV, U-N-I-V, Puget Sound. And we hope you'll join us next time for another episode of P.S., the Puget Sound Podcast. Podcast.